0: Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit.
1: Next question, Jeff, where are you? Right there. Yeah, um, I just want to thank each and every one of <laughs> y'all. For all you've done to your bodies, it's still real to me. Damn it! I mean, thank, thank, you. You, thank you, man. Thank y'all guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much, Mister Funk, for saying what needed to be said. I don't want to see another one of these. Well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ
0: Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man. Lower that shit down. Lower that shit down. Excuse me. This is your main man, your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. This is AJ Orsini, and I had to say lower it down because for once that shit was blowing my eardrums out. I have got to adjust this thing. I need the mod. Do some modding. Let's do it here. Okay. We have modded. How the hell is everybody out there? I know I just said that. I'm going to say it again because everything has just ruined my flow and I don't have time to hit the reset button. I hope you guys are doing well. This is AJ Orsini's Orson's Uncensored Mind and it is episode 76. Much to deliberate, much to get to. I am recording this right now as Kofi Kingston is going through his uh, Iron Man match here. He is running through the who's who here of the main event scene of SmackDown Live in this gauntlet match. Uh, we're going to discuss his gauntlet. Match uh, a little later on. Well, not the match itself, but uh, how this how this gauntlet match has changed the entire face of the elimination chamber match coming up this Sunday live on the WWE Network. We're going to do a little uh, a little elimination chamber because there's some things that I really want to talk about as far as that pay per view goes. Uh, I mentioned last week here, we did the interview, not interview excuse me, we had a discussion, I didn't interview anybody, I had a discussion, my main man Ian was in the hizzy, in the house of hell, and he was laying down some pretty controversial opinions there, if you didn't get a chance, check that out, ajoum.podbean.com, we'll take you to... All of your Orsini goodness, you can go over there and check that out. Uh, He was here, and I mentioned when he was here that I was going to be doing some new segments, new things going on. We're going to evolve and crawl here up into a brand new show, essentially. You guys already got the new theme. We got some new commercials coming up, none tonight, because um, uh, I'm finalizing some stuff with some people, so I didn't want to put anything out yet before... I got a, a, a green light across the board from certain people, so we're going to hold off on that. So we're going commercial-free tonight, folks. <laughs> Just me and you discussing a whole bunch of shit. Now, when Ian came, uh, he a lot of shit happened. During the time period in which Ian came, I didn't get a chance to really talk about much of it. So we're going to deliberate some of that stuff. So Some of that stuff's going to be kind of old. There's going to be some new stuff. There was a press conference again from AEW. All Elite Wrestling got down with some news, some information. We started booking some matches here, some stuff going on. So for all you uh, t-shirt company guys, uh, there's a match card. In case you guys haven't heard, there is a match card. It's coming out. Uh, slowly but surely. Got four matches pretty much already booked there. Leading into their big Double or Nothing show. I don't even know why it's called Double or Nothing. Uh, It's the first show of a continuous trend here. They're an actual company that supposedly is already expecting to be around for a few years because they've signed uh, three-year, five-year deals here with people. So they're anticipating being around for a while. So uh, in a Double or Nothing situation, should you hit nothing, that would be the end of your game. So I really hope if they roll nothing here, that they continue on their quest to become number two because that's exactly the goal I would assume would be to become at least number two because you're not becoming number one not right up the gate you're not going to come out from high school straight to the league and beat the world champ that's not gonna that's not gonna happen that way we're gonna get to all that stuff all that stuff but I want to talk about something else real, real quick not wrestling related uh we're gonna we're gonna get into some stuff that took place in the sports world I made mention of it about two weeks ago actually I think uh super bowl sunday took place not too long ago now in the beginning of this podcast i was pretty much all over the map when it came to sports and entertainment stuff like that i i have since caved and this is basically a wrestling podcast now i've come to grips with that that's fine but i do want to mention super bowl sunday not for the game because i did not watch the game and i'm very happy about the fact that i did not watch the game because it sounds to me like it would not have been worth my while uh all of my friends who do watch uh, sports like that and did watch the game pretty much told me they wanted to to nap. One person told me he was trying desperately to find a way to get his wife to not see him try to stab himself in the neck and kill himself and take his own life. Uh, this game was the balls. It was the shits. It was not entertaining at all whatsoever. Uh, the field goal competition basically is what it was. And then <clears throat> for those of you who don't have the network, you were stuck with Maroon 5. For the halftime show. Now I'm not saying Maroon 5 is a bad band. I'm just saying they're not my personal taste of music. I get into I get kinda get into a little bit of everything. I'm not gonna lie. Some of their songs that come on the radio, I'll kinda try them on, especially if like if I'm driving. If you if you're a band, a music band, I don't do music much on here because music to me is kinda like a side deal. It's like I'm not really obsessed with music. But when it comes to musical tastes, I will tell you this. Musical taste for me, I'm kind of all over the map. I'll get down with just about anything, even a little country, it doesn't matter. Like, I have to be in a certain mood for certain songs, right? So I'm not going to sit here and say Maroon Fight is terrible. But from what I saw on YouTube, the show was not good. And I'm glad I didn't sit through any of that stuff, especially the football game. Uh, the game itself, anyway. Tom Brady walks away with a sixth world championship. He is a six-time Super Bowl champion. For those of you who saw on my social media, I, too, was sharing the Tom Brady-esque Thanos picture. He has completed uh, his mission. He has received all six gems. Excuse me, Infinity Stones, I forgot. They're Infinity Stones now. He has, he has, he has uh, accumulated them all. He now rules the sports universe. And uh, hopefully, he will wipe out half of it and restore balance. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be in the sports world. The whole conversation of the GOAT, I get it. So uh, I guess it's officially over. Uh, I still personally don't believe he's the greatest football player of all time. I actually don't even believe he's the best quarterback of all time. I still don't. I don't care how many championships he wins. Uh, just the eye test tells me he's not. Game for my life. I'm sorry. I. I'm not picking Tom Brady. Uh, There's a litany of people that I would probably go to uh, before I go to him. Give him a list. No, I'm not going to give you a list because people who listen to my podcast either don't give a shit or don't know the names that I would bring up. So I'm not even going to bother with that. But I tell you this, uh, I don't engage in conversation like that online. If you want to call him the greatest, that's fine. If you're listening to this podcast in the Massachusetts area and he's a god over there. So I'm not sure I disrespect your boy. He's the man. There's no doubt about it. I'm giving him his full props. Six championships. That puts him in elite company, my friend. Elite. You know, he's definitely, i tell you this, he's definitely the best winner of all time, at least in the NFL. He's definitely the best winner. I give him that. This guy always manages to find himself in a championship game and usually tends to win when he's not going against anybody from the NFC East, as it is. You know, whenever he goes against those pesky NFC East teams, those winter teams uh, usually tends to have some problems but congratulations again for the 6th time to the New England Patriot organization who basically at this point they should just rename the Vince Lombardi trophy just basically name it like Gillette Stadium trophy or or not the Tom Brady award because I think that will eventually go to the MVP when Tom Brady is dead they will name the MVP trophy after him it will be the Tom Brady most valuable player award that is going to happen I'm calling it now, the podcast probably won't be around when he dies, but just I'm archiving this shit, it's going to be saved, for future reference, okay, so, Super Bowl Sunday took place, we, we had, there was a lot of controversy, obviously, also about the fucking Spongebob deal, I didn't even know about that, I had to ask around, I had no idea what the fuck the problem was. About uh, the people like sharing SpongeBob memes, they were pissed off. Oh, they didn't do the SpongeBob song. I actually thought when people kept saying they didn't do the SpongeBob song, but they were talking about like the theme song. I'm like, why the fuck would Marine Maroon Five do the SpongeBob theme song? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I was lost. I was lost. But of course, I went to the internet, try to cast that net out. Try to see where you guys were landing on this. And then, of course, I got flooded with all kinds of information. All useful information, too. So thank you for all of you who uh, replied to that status I put out. Because I legitimately... I thought people were going to take it as sarcasm. I was not being sarcastic. I did not know what the fuck people were talking about. And then I, I saw the clip. Someone had sent me the clip. They had messaged me the clip of the... So apparently, the in the SpongeBob show, uh, SpongeBob did a, a halftime performance with a band... At their version of a Super Bowl, I guess, and it was like the most. It was like the greatest halftime performance of all time. Sweet, sweet victory, I believe it was called, and it was uh, apparently it was just like super dope. And apparently, somewhere along the line, they were like, "Oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do the actual performance, and it's gonna be hot." And I guess people got really amped that they were gonna do (laughs) SpongeBob. And uh, at, at the Super Bowl, I got oh, wait, here it is. Okay, football fans, yeah,
1: put your hands
0: together. i right, I'm gonna skip ahead because I want to hear the song. Because the song apparently, this is the part that played at Super Bowl. This part with the horns, and that's all they got. They got the horns, so people were fucking pissed sweating like a bitch. Look at it. there it is. you didn't get it at the super Bowl you're getting it here first of all that voice god damn it voice is sultry. listen to that it's great work got an yes they wanted this song at the Super Bowl I don't know if if I would have been able to pull it off Maybe the actual singer should have
1: came?
0: Fuck yeah. That's the
1: out.
0: Sounds like a dream song, it does. The video is hilarious though. Like the, football, like, the fans, the football fans, are like, hugging him. Yeah, That's how great this song is. We to stretch him out. Anyway, so yeah, that was the song. Apparently. I'm not a Sponge. I don't know anything about Spongebob. I don't. But I dig that song. I mean, it's no Night Begins to Shine, but it's a damn good song. I'll give it that. Alright? That's a good song. So people were pretty pissed off about that. I, I don't see a reason to be pissed off. But then again, I'm not a Spongebob man. Had it, had, it, had it been something like uh, like something that I liked, I might be feeling a little different about it. I got a sudden urge to drink this. Woodford Reserve. I got shit to do, so I can't. But Man, it's sitting there looking at me, that bottle. That bottle's calling my name, baby. Definitely calling my name. I'm all over the place right now. I got some other notes. Let's get to the other notes. <laughs> we got some other stuff here. That was the Super Bowl stuff. I wanted to I wanted to touch on that a little bit. There was a lot of stuff going on during that stuff. So here we go. Here, as I already mentioned, um, let me pull this up here. Sway victory. I clicked something, and it took me to the official SpongeBob YouTube uh YouTube channel, and I don't know why. I don't know why it took me here, and I don't know much, but I know I love you. Here we go. Yes, here we go. I got it now. Here we go. This Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, on the WWE Network, the Elimination Chamber will take place. There are two chamber matches. Real quick, let's just talk. Uh, I'm just going to name the non chamber matches, real quick, because I want to talk about the chamber matches. So, Braun Strowman versus boring Corbin for in a singles match. I don't even know why. That's still a thing, but there you go. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Balor for the uh, Intercontinental Championship. A little handicap match action. Uh, Ronda Rousey would defend her Raw Women's Championship against Ruby Riot. That's going to be a pretty dope match, actually. I, I, I really hope Ruby gets a chance to really show what she can do there. Because, uh... That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship's on the line. Buddy Murphy defending against Akira Tozawa. And, of course, now we have our uh, note one more matchup here. The Miz and Shane McMahon, the greatest tag team in the world, against the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. That, that one just – even though it has Shane in it, kind of feels like a throwaway. So we have our last two matches here. Of course, Elimination Chamber. Let's talk a little bit about – let's bring up the guys first here, okay? Okay. Because there's not really much to discuss. I just want to update people on the idea that the current uh, Elimination Chamber situation is Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and now Kofi Kingston. Uh, Apparently last week on SmackDown, I don't don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, whatever. uh, Ali took a stiff shot to the face, swole his eye all the way up. There's even talk of a concussion. They're not clearing him in time. Uh, for the, I think it was last week, actually. They're not clearing him in time for this Sunday, so they needed to replace him. I noticed a lot of people were really devastated about that, and and I I, I am too. I actually think the Elimination Chamber was going to be one of those deals where they're going to give him just a lot of time to just do a lot of shit and really hopefully get over. And a lot of people are upset because they're thinking to themselves, well, this is a lost opportunity, and it is. It is a lost opportunity. I think he could have did some really cool shit inside the Elimination Chamber, but he's young, and he's going to get another shot, especially since uh, management seems to really be behind him. I don't think shoehorning him into shit right now is the best idea. If they really want him to get over, and they really want him to be seen as an upper echelon guy, yes, this uh, this is a good match to do that, but it's not the only way to do that. There are different options for him, especially post-mania. I don't see what you do with Ali... Like this was his, I think to me this was going to be his big moment. I don't see Ali in a big time situation at WrestleMania, so maybe it's a good thing that he didn't eat a loss here because you can continue this this little push he's going through after WrestleMania. I mean, what's Ali going to do? He you took him out of the cruiserweight division, so no title match, especially since they did it last year. By the way, one of the dopest matches on the entire WrestleMania card. You could put him in the Battle Royal. That's a nice, safe spot to put him in. And then just give him more TV time leading after WrestleMania. Maybe push for him to be in a high-profile situation for SummerSlam. But you're not going to put him in a high-profile WrestleMania situation now. So even though this is a tough break, it's an injury that's taken him out of the match. It might actually be working in his favor. Because now with him out, the idea is that they don't really need to focus on him. As a matter of fact, it looks like that gauntlet match... That took place tonight. That might have been the spot that I that Ali was going to be in. I don't know if Ali would have gotten there and beaten Brian again, and then beaten Hardy, and then all, all the stuff that he did. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I know they want to give this guy a good showing. Whether it be tonight or or uh, or at the the Elimination Pay Per View, I'm not sure. But he is injured, and he's being replaced by Kofi Kingston. Now, why did I want to really talk about this part? The Kofi Kingston part. I want to talk about Kofi Kingston for just a second. Here we go again with Kofi fucking Kingston, okay? I have no problems with Kofi Kingston. I actually think he's a brilliant athlete. I actually think he should have gotten a better shake. There was a few years there where he should have really been utilized a little better. Okay, but the fact of the matter is that he wasn't. He wasn't for a reason. Do I know a clear and definitive reason as to why the WWE's version of that? No, I don't. Not officially, and no one does. Only the people only the people in that room know the exact reason why they never actually really did anything with Kovey Kingston on a main a main event level. Yeah, we can all look back at the Randy Orton match and put a finger point a finger at him. But I think there's more than that. I mean, if you're really that talented, I think he overcome one bad match with Randy Orton. That's why whenever we have these discussions about the first black WWE champion, whenever people say, well, who's, who's the black champion? Who's the guy you would have put the belt on? Kofi's name comes up a lot in those conversations. And I have to tell you, I don't know why. I don't know why Kofi Kingston's name always comes up. Yeah, he's athletic. I get it. But a lot of athletes are athletic. He's not really doing anything... That a lot of other guys, especially the new guys coming in, who are coming off the indie scene from doing all kinds of crazy shit. You know, he's not really doing anything that crazy. Maybe when he first came in, 05, 06, 07, those earlier years, he was doing shit that was kind of outlandish. But that shit's not so outlandish anymore. Especially for a guy his age. There's not a whole lot going on inside the ring that really makes him that different anymore. So if they were if they were gonna pull the trigger and make him a WWE champion at some point, I think they missed the boat on that. I don't know if now is the time. I think that's the wrong new day member to be focusing on. Sounds like they're doing Kofi Kingston right now, it's kinda like a like a lifetime achievement award type deal. And I don't know if that's the best thing for the WWE. Actually, there's another New Day member that I would much rather see in that position. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be so su- I wouldn't be hurt if he walked away and won the whole thing this Sunday, and that would be Big E. I think Big E's on the cusp. Personality is there. Promo is there. Uh, uh, he's over with the audience. He's got the size. He's got speed. This guy has a, a, a very explosive offense. He's got everything. He's the full package to me. Full package. You look at Big E, he, he's the man. When it comes to those three guys, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, Big E, Big E to me is the obvious choice. He To me, and you can call me crazy, I like him better than I like Bobby Lashley. Because Bobby Lashley, to me, brilliant athlete, I don't really think he's the best wrestler in the world, and I know he's not a good promo. Compare Bobby Lashley's promos to Big E's promos. It's it's a fucking joke. You can't even compare the two. It's a joke. So, yeah, I actually think Big E is the better option of the three. I know why they're putting him in there, but that's because, to be all honest, in all honesty... I think, and it, it's the chamber. Kofi is, the only reason Kofi has a job for this long is gimmick matches. That's it. He's really, really good at gimmick matches. Royal Rumble and ladder matches stand out, but he does a lot of excellent matches. He He has two types of matches. He has the gimmick matches where he can go all out and, and do the stunts and, and get hit and, and get dropped and all that other garbage. And then he has the the, the, the spotty high fly matches. Tonight, he he showed a little something, but he, he looked weird grappling with Daniel Bryan. That's not what you do, bro. That's not what you do. And that's fine. You could still be WWE champion and not be a great wrestler. The guy he faced after Daniel is the example of that. Jeff Hardy is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but I use wrestlers. I use wrestler in quotation marks. Okay, Jeff's never really been uh, a mat technician, so to speak. Right, so you don't need to be a mat technician. You you can still succeed uh, as as a champion and not have to and be uh, a bigger Daniel Bryan. You know? I never really looked at Kofi as a main event guy. I probably never will, especially now that it's 2019. Oh nine, To me, oh, 09 was his year, bro. Like when he had to deal with Randy Orton, you know, Randy wouldn't have uh, had his head up his ass and, and, and helped instead of hurt. He, we might have had another star on our hands, but that was then. That was 10 years ago. He's getting his championship match now, 10 years later. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But we look at the other options here. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe. Listen, I won't be talking much about this this week. It happens this Sunday. So I'll go ahead and tell you. Daniel Bryan is the only option in this list. Maybe, maybe Samoa Joe. But that's if you plan on doing something with Joe and Daniel, which are not two monster heels. you got to keep them apart. I mean, well, technically Samoa Joe is the monster heel. But I mean monster in the sense of big, big time heel, main event heels. Daniel's a main event heel right now. He's the hottest thing they got. Uh, Joe is is a great heel as well, but you can't do Joe Daniel right now. And AJ, AJ, I think we I think we need a break from AJ for a little bit, as far as being champion. Let let him have a lull for a little bit and, and come back and be in the picture maybe like around the summer, may, maybe just before. But he needs to have a feud. He needs to head off somewhere else. Uh, and just take a break away, because I, I don't want people to have Styles fatigue, you know, people were already complaining about his title being blah, so I think some time away would be nice, and, and just get some fresh matchups in there, and then that way when he comes back, when we get a brand new champion, it's a, a champion he hasn't really competed against, then you bring him back to the scene, It's and it's fresh, it's new, it's different, and that's good. Yeah, that's the WWE Championship match uh, inside the chamber. We have another chamber match. The women will step up yet again. We will have the first ever Elimination Chamber match, or any match in general, now that I think about it, to crown the first ever, according to their records. Apparently, those other women Tag Team Championship belts they had back in the day no longer are in any <laughs> archives. They've been erased from memory. Poor Jumpin' bomb Angels. Uh, we have new tag team championship belts, and we will crown new tag team champions for the women's division uh, this Sunday. Uh, the tag teams are as follows: the uh, 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 the team that I will be referring to as Team Facebreaker, Nia Jackson Tamina, against the Riot Squad, against the Iconics, against Naomi and Carmella, and of course, as we all know now, as of tonight. The two teams that will begin the chamber match, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville uh, against uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yes, those two teams have names. I don't care much for their names, so I'm not using them. Uh, this is going to be a good match. I think they're going to go out there. I think they're going to kill it. Uh, you know, I don't know if it goes on last. If anything, it might actually be better for them if it goes on first just so you have everyone's attention it's it's full on you know you can get the pay-per-view trending at that point and and you catch you you don't have to really share the spotlight you don't have to follow anyone you can go out there blow it up and not have to worry about it and uh, as far as a pick goes i picked daniel bryan in the elimination chamber match uh, and as far as this pick goes i am remaining with my pick i'm not changing my pick i think my pick is the best pick Team Facebreaker, Jackson, Tamina are the best options for this, because, and I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, wait a second. Got the Riot Squad. You got Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, the Iconics, Bailey, Sasha, Naomi, and Carmella. The team of Nia, Jackson, Tamina might be the weakest of the six on account of Tamina, which, for the record, folks, is exactly why I want them to win the belts. But that exact, it's not an it's not a negative. It's the exact positive that I need. I need the a division is only as good as its weak link. So if we can put new belts and give the fans a reason to get behind this quote unquote weak team, then when you see the Jackson Savina go against the Riot Squad in tag team action or against. Uh, Bailey and Sasha and Tati Mansion against Naomi and Carmella. Now you're taking what is supposed to be a weakness in your division and turning it into a strength because now you're putting belts on them. Now they have championship advantage. You can tell different stories. You can get out of situations you couldn't get out of before because now you have uh, the fans paying attention to something else other than just the four athletes. Tag team titles are on the line, so now they're going to expect different things. Now you can swerve them, keep them guessing, entertain them differently. So that's why I'm picking – I I think it should be – do I think they're genuinely going to win? No, I don't think they're genuinely going to win, but I think they should be the winners of that matchup. I think they should be the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship because I think you can do more ha- – it doesn't make sense to me that, like, for instance, of, of, this, of the six teams, all right, that's 12 women – of the six teams, what do you predict would be the strongest team? Maybe Bailey sasha Maybe the Riot Squad? If you had the top team win the straps, who the fuck do they face in the division? Everybody else is weaker than them. Otherwise, on the other side, you take the weak team to give them the belt to put them on top. You can literally match them up against any team on this list, including a few teams that aren't on this list, and it would be dope. You see what I'm saying here? This is where I'm getting at. You gotta follow me on this, okay? So that's the women's tag team elimination chamber match. I uh, I hope I wish them the best because this is gonna be uh, a very hard uh, WrestleMania weekend. or WrestleMania weekend. Pff, a very hard uh, WrestleMania uh, road to WrestleMania for for a lot of these athletes. And I, and I really hope, I, I, I never liked, I'll, I, I don't know if I said it last year, but I'll say it now. I don't like Elimination Chamber being just before WrestleMania. It makes zero sense. Just before the biggest show of the year, you want to go out there and put on the most dangerous match that you can. <sighs> I never understood it. I remember when we used to do, I know we did it in your houses last week, but when we used to do No Way Out of Texas and... and and, and 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 there was another one. No way of, There was no way. And I said no way out of Texas. that was the only one show. Sure. There was no way out. There was another one before we even had New Year's Revolution. There were a few. Where I mean, you look at those in your houses. You look at those February per views Not a whole lot happened. Cause it was a way to get people some screen time and get them some some t- some momentum leading into WrestleMania. You didn't go out there and just fucking murder people leading up to WrestleMania. The injury probability goes up by a bajillion when that happens. So I, I was never a fan of Elimination Chamber being before WrestleMania, but it is what it is. That's why I think those Chamber matches, that women's one needs to be first, and then you can maybe close with the with the with the gentleman uh, for the WWE WWE Championship over at the end there. Uh, February, uh, we we talked a little bit about. We talked a little bit about this already, so this is actually going to be a much shorter conversation than I intended. But it's Black History Month, and I remember last year when I did Black History Month, I, I mentioned a few uh, Black champions, or uh, not just Black champions, but you know men of color that succeeded and did well in the wrestling business. But I did talk champions, and I did make mention of of, of you know uh, Farooq and, and, and Booker T, you know Booker T's without any question the most decorated black athlete of all time in in pro wrestling uh he's going to go down as one of the greatest african-american performers ever and i think he would have had the respect of a lot of the old school guys too so i don't i don't even think that's a deal but the reason why i'm bringing this up isn't just to mention the fact that it's black history month but i think the celebration part of black history month is taking a bit of a hit here I think you guys are not doing, you guys being the African American community, I don't really think you're doing yourself justice. I don't think you're doing yourself justice. I actually think you're shortchanging yourself a little bit. Just a little bit. Hear me out on this. Because whenever this topic comes up, everyone gets so fucking bad. Everyone gets so fucking angry. And I don't know why they're so fucking angry. Guys, listen to me. Hear me out. Okay? Just hear me out. Alright? Every fucking time this topic comes up there's always a fucking argument it's a it's a guaranteed 300 comment thread minimum uh, on Facebook about this one comment and the comment being <laughs> we've never had a black WWE champion that is false and whenever you tell people that it's false people will always respond with well not 100% black what the fuck are you talking about guys The Rock is a black man. He is. You can't just fucking decide all on your fucking own that somebody is no longer their heritage simply because you don't believe that they are. That is not how any of this shit works, okay? The Rock is of African-American and American Samoa lineage, okay, now, people always make the argument, they say, well, he never really advocates being black, he always kind of promotes the Samoan side, right, that's the part that he always talks about the most, he's got the tattoo, he does the hakas and all this other stuff, He never, he's not really, you know, uh -uh, pro-black, you know what I mean, and my response to that is very simple, when the fuck has he ever been anti-black, I am confused. I am confused. He was asked to promote the Samoan side more than the African-American side. But that does not stop him from being African-American. His father is still a fucking black guy. That's not... There has to be some realism to the fucking argument. If you're going to have an argument about Salada, you you, got to bring fucking facts. Okay? When you say things like, in my book, or... In my opinion, or in my eyes, when people say that, oh, he's not a black champion in my eyes, (laughs) fuck all of that, none of that shit matters, he is an African-American male, he is, it does not go away, it does not go away, when you, and I'm speaking on this topic from experience, okay, from experience my name aj orsini okay i i, I think it was episode one or i discussed my name okay so maybe it bears some repeating my name my stage name aj orsini is a stage name okay i'm not gonna give you my real name but the bottom line is is i took two names from my parents that's how i became this name aj because i'm a junior to my father. Who is black. <laughs> my father is a black man. He's also an Asian man. He's, he's black and Chinese. Okay. My mother is Puerto Rican and Italian. But her pigmentation is almost like fucking milk white. Right. She, she's Spanish. But you know. By blood. Her skin says gringa. Okay. And my dad. If you've seen the picture of my dad, he's got the chinky eyes, but he's not hes not full chinky eyes. He's got like a slight chink to it, okay? And he's full-on black. My dad had an afro for many years of his life. Pro-black. Like, my uncles are like basically Black Panthers. Like, <laughs> a very, very pro-black family is my dad's side, okay? They just happen to also have like a little bit of Asian in there. Right. But my father is black. It's an African-American. If you look at me, you don't see a black man. OK, obviously, I am i don't look like a black man. OK, I, I because, again, my mom is very pale skinned and my dad is very dark skinned. Right. So when they got together, you know, you took they took chocolate, they took vanilla milk and it came out tan like me. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I'm taking biology now, so at the end of the semester, I'll get back to you on how the fuck all this happened. But for right now, just take my word for it, I'm mixed as fuck, right? Just because I do not look like a black man does not eliminate my African-American heritage. I have African-American heritage. I have a black father who came from a black family. Okay, that's one side. And then my mother came from a Puerto Rican household, you know, with a little bit of Italian, but predominantly a Puerto Rican household. That's my heritage. Do you hear me? This is episode 76. Has anybody heard me on the show advocate one or the other? Have you heard me say I am a proud black man? Have you heard me say I am a proud Chinese American Uh, Have you heard me come out here and say I'm a proud Boricua? Am I a proud Italiano? Have you heard me say any of this shit? No. Personally, I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. But it does not eliminate that that is my fucking heritage. Someone who is pure, and I've had this conversation before, if you've ever been around a pure, full-blooded fucking Puerto Rican, all they can talk about how wonderful, how great the Isle of Puerto Rico is. And that's fine. If that's what you—that's great. They advocate heavy for it. If they all of a sudden just stopped, that would not eliminate their Puerto Ricanness. My wife is 100% Puerto Rican, Mrs. O. Completely 100% Puerto Rican. If you looked at her birth certificate and see her two parents on her fucking birth certificate it would be like an ice dream like you would think that they would need to be deported right now it's the most spanish fucking family i've ever seen in my entire life and i came from a spanish family and her family is far more spanish than anything that i've ever been familiar with okay her family is super duper spanish my wife barely if ever mentions her puerto rican heritage It's just who she is she doesn't go around bragging about it and my wife has spent time in Puerto Rico, not one of these fake Puerto Ricans that walk around wearing the bandanas and the T-shirts and all this other shit and has never touched a single grain of sand on this island. My wife has been on that island a thousand times, a thousand times. She was, she was there when the weather hit and the her, and the power was out. She was in there taking care of her family. My, my wife is, is very proud of her heritage, but she doesn't boast about it. Does that mean now that she's not a Puerto Rican? No, that's not how that fucking works. You are what you are. What you advocate means fucking nothing in the determination of what the fuck you are. That's the difference between fact and opinion. I did this episode already, folks. I might have to do another one because I it might need some updating. But fact and opinion, you cannot say that The Rock is not a black African and uh, then a black champion. When he is a black man, that is what he is. If he doesn't advocate it, if he doesn't beat his chest, okay, if he doesn't walk out with a Malcolm X patch or a pick, uh, I have an Afro pick or something like that, he doesn't need to be an overly eccentric black guy to be a black guy. He is a black guy. That's it. There, There is no fucking debate as to his legitimacy. And, and, and furthermore, if we can go a little further with this, I don't understand the mentality of shunning him in the first place. It's not like you have a plethora of fucking options. There are no other black WWE champions. Zero. And the one that you have is top five. He's one of the most successful WWE champions of all time. There have been 50 If you ranked them, okay, if you ranked them from least, like, worst champion ever at 50 all the way up to the greatest champion ever at number one, he's going to be in the top five maybe, for those who have, like, a really specific list, even the most hating of fans would at least have him top ten. Why the fuck would you not jump on board with that? Why wouldn't you want to include him on that? that it, it boggles my mind. I don't understand why you would shun him for being half Samoan rather than embrace him for being half black. His dad, who's full black, is a former WWF tag team champion. This family's done it before. It's not just the Samoan side. Yes, everyone remembers High Chief P.M.I. His grandfather being a WWE superstar as well. But his father was as well. His Samoan side has been successful in WWE. His black side has been successful in WWE. And then he took both successes and basically fucking threw it out into the orbit. He, he went a whole other direction with that shit. Why isn't that being embraced? I don't understand that. Why would you not want to sit here and say, yeah, The Rock's a black champion, and we're proud to have him. I don't understand the thought process. Why wouldn't you want to have him? I don't get it. So I, I really, I just really wanted to bring that up because it was kind of annoying to me that this this conversation, it's 2019. The Rock's not even a star anymore. But we were having this conversation for a long time. When The Rock was doing his thing, people were having this conversation. How black is he really? Well, the answer's simple, half. <laughs> how black is he? 50% motherfucker, that's how much black he is. Because his daddy's black. Just like my daddy's black. I don't understand the conversation. I really don't. He's the only one you have. Unless it is just dawning on me now. Unless this argument that's taking place really doesn't have anything to do with a champion being African American. And it's just one of those things, again, that we're doing now in 2019 where it's just a reason to bitch. You almost don't want a champion to take place just so you can continue to bitch about it. Because it's more fun to just bitch about it than to actually have one. Because you have, a, you have a lot of options now as to who could be the first. I already gave you one earlier. I'd be in full support of a big E WWE championship win. Full support. Absolutely full support. But we'll, we'll see how all that goes. You guys got to really start embracing your heritage, to be honest with you. This guy's a movie star. This guy's a millionaire. This guy is all over the place. He's a media mogul. This guy's a producer, a director, a writer, a professional wrestler. This guy, has he does it all. And you don't want to embrace him. Stupid. It's a, it's a stupid mentality. This whole, are they black enough conversation. Never understood it when I was a kid. Don't understand it now. Don't understand it. Embrace everything. I don't understand. It's all part of the culture. All of it is. And he's never once said that he's ashamed of being black. Or he's never done anything negative to the black community at all. They just don't embrace him because he, re- because he does speak positively about the Samoan community. That's it. It's the only reason. So unless you pump it hard, unless you're repping it head to toe, then you don't count. That doesn't make any fucking sense. He's black. Get over yourself. That's it. Get over yourself. Speaking, getting o- speaking of getting over one's self i must get over how wrong i was it's time to take my medicine folks it's time to be honest and be real with myself now i sat here not too long ago and broke down this whole aew situation all elite wrestling we told the story a to z baby and we've had some new developments of course the press conference took place the other day um aew i gotta tell you something about aew I, i gotta i gotta tell you I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I'm a little concerned, okay? I, I, I When we did, oh, not we, I didn't do it, but when they did All In, I congratulated them, and I said, great, it was a one-off, right? It, because it was, that's what it was supposed to be. It's a one-off, and it was a good show for a one-off. Nice, they, they proved their point. They could sell out a building, blah, 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 So when they announced AEW, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is going to be a huge undertaking. You know, just based on the plan that they wanted to go with, you know, to do buildings all the time and, <clears throat> excuse me, arenas all the time and to be touring and to sign talent, and the whole deal. I don't think it was really possible or feasible for them to do that. But as time has gone on and now we have the inclusion of the Khan family and a nice little influx of some cash here and there, all of a sudden we've got a player on the team. We, we, we've got, we've got movement. We've got flexibility here and they've been Progressing. And I've kind of, I've been watching, I, I've been, and, and I've, I've been paying close attention. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you honestly, I got to tell you honestly, I, I'm feeling less and less confident as this thing is moving forward. The more we move forward, the, 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 the more I feel like we're making a lot of mistakes already. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, AJ, what mistakes can you possibly, can they possibly be making? They were trending number one. On, on the internet, number one trend. Okay, they've sold out double or nothing. It's already sold out. Uh, they sold out in just under an hour, I believe, uh, which is like what 10 or 15 minutes longer than All In did. But the point is, they sold the tickets. They have a fan base already. They do. There's a built in group of people who are wrestling fans who are sick and tired of all the bullshit they have to sit through on Monday nights and on Friday nights and Thursday nights and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and every fucking night on the goddamn network. They, they, they're sick of the WWE product. They want something different. They want something else, right? And I just feel like people are in such a need to find something else that they will literally take anything else. And that's scary to me. Because every single time that they make an announcement when it comes to talent, I just, every time it's, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. They're not picking bums. The, the, the roster so far that it's shaping out to be is not terrible. It's not a terrible roster. It's a ta- a, t- a roster of very talented guys and gals who are going to go out there and try the flight aircraft on a bigger stage. But that's my problem. That's the problem that I have because AEW is kind of in this position where if they get name brand talent, then it'll be WCW all over again, right? They're just basically taking WWE. Well, actually, if you take the lower guys, it, it, it would be TNA level, not WCW, because when WCW used to raise talent, they picked up talent. They picked up the Sa- Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, uh, 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 this big names Luger. They picked up well Luger was a WCW guy before he was WWE, but you get my point. Point in uh, Nash Hall, they, they were picking up big, big names, big players, and that's where the paradigm shift took place. TNA picked up the scraps. It was the guys getting released. It was the guys popping on tests. It was the guys. They, they never TNA never really scooped up a main event player other than Kurt Angle, but they caught a bad Kurt Angle. This is the reason why the, the WWE let Kurt Angle go. I know you're thinking to yourself, AJ, he had a lot of great matches in TNA. Yes, he did have a lot of great matches in TNA. He also had a full-blown drug addiction in TNA. Full-blown. Basically, TNA was the place that would let the boys play regardless of what the hell they were putting themselves through. WWE was releasing people for their own health and safety, and TNA was just picking them up like, here you go, baby. Like I, I just assume that's how they hired Kurt. It was like Dixie and Jeff and a bunch of other like, fucking stooges in the car with their window down, just basically like wiggling a little baggie of cocaine out the window, and they just drove really slow as Kurt just kind of zombie-stalked them all the way to Florida. I just assume that's how that went, because Kurt had so many problems, so many problems. There was a conversation, and I don't remember where I heard it, but there was a conversation amongst a lot of people in the WWE that really thought Kurt was going to die. That's how bad his shit was. And TNA just scooped him up and just like, here you go, buddy, go crazy. We don't test anybody here. Go nuts. Just come down here and let's see if we can draw some pop a rating on you, guy." And sure enough, with some fresh opponents, Kurt Angle had some great matches down there. But that was what TNA was. TNA is kind of like the bottom-feeding situation. AEW, I don't think it's going to be a bottom-feeding situation. I think they're going to try to go with the talent they have and push new faces. The problem is is that the faces that they're pushing, a lot of these guys are basically just their friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if, you're, if your friends are talented... No problem with pushing your friends. Pushing your shitty friends is a whole nother fucking issue. It's a whole nother bag of shit. But if you're going to push really talented people, regardless of who their affiliation is with, I can co-sign that. But my biggest issue with them doing a full-on national show, and I said this when we first really started talking about AEW, is the reason why All In worked is because All In catered to a particular brand of fan. You know they were they were doing their show and and let's be honest their fan base, uh, the people who watch the being elite show and go to all the ring of honor shows and 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 download and actually bought that sh- download they actually bought the service for New Japan World to watch them over in Japan and to watch Dominion and Wrestle Kingdom shows like those are the hardcore of hardcore fans and the people who bought tickets to All In those are the hardcore of the hardcore fan. And when you're catering to those people, I think for Cody and the Bucks, it's easy. That's their niche. That's where they fit in. Those fans, for them, it's like eating out of the palm of their hand. They've become the Pied Piper of the internet smart. They can say anything online, and these people would just fucking gobble it up. And that's great. That's great. Hey, listen, for the boys, that's a good thing. You can get fans to do that shit. That's cool. But if you saw the little cold open. I did at the beginning of the show with the whole, it's still real to me, damn it, that whole deal, I did that for a specific reason, I did an episode, I don't remember what number it was, it might have been 14, I've done so many of these now, I'm so happy to say that out loud, but I've done so many of these things that I really do sometimes have a problem remembering numbers and, and what's it's and which episode was who what, I'm in actually in the middle of just checking it out right now, I think it was 14, it was 14. Woo, my memory is semi-great. Uh, episode 14, K-Fabe Get Alive. It was the only episode where I actually did 60 minutes on one fucking topic because that's how important K-Fabe is. I did it on K-Fabe. And I did that episode, and I got a lot of responses from people from that episode, people basically telling me that I was wrong, K-Fabe is dead, and blah, 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 blah. There's no fucking way that you can convince. I said it then. You can't convince me. I said this then. You cannot convince me that kayfabe does not exist because for as long as people will buy your bullshit, it's not even a kayfabe. is not even a wrestling thing. That's just kayfabe is the wrestling term for it. But the deception of trying to convince someone right of something, that whole process, that 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 duping them, making them into a mark, that is kayfabe. And that very much, very much still exists because Cody and the Young Bucks have proven that time and time again. They're, they have this look on their face when they come out for, like, for instance, the press conference we just did. They have this look on their face like they're not even trying anymore. They're just, they're at a point where they're so over. They don't really have to do much to stay over. All they really have to do, in all honesty, is just do the opposite of whatever WWE does and says, and, they'll, and they're and they fine. They're fine. There was a whole deal at the Royal Rumble about some guy who wore an AEW shirt to the front row, and they had him remove it, and they gave him a shirt, whatever. He ended up wearing one of his undershirts. He never wore the WWE shirt. they gave him. But they offered him the shirt and yada 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 and it was a whole deal and everyone was online freaking the fuck out. Oh my god, we can just change our shirts and then what and then who who hits the internet but the young bucks? That will never happen at our show. The WWE shirts, you can wear your WWE shirts to AEW. We don't care. And, of course, the the fanboys rejoiced, and everyone jumped into the sky with pure joy and happiness, with rainbows shooting out of their ass, and unicorn horns appearing under their forehead, and they were vomiting hearts and, and just glitters of kittens and puppies and shit like they were just over the moon happy that their precious young bucks their precious cody Rhodes, uh would once again stand for what's right in the eyes of that evil empire over in stanford connecticut yada 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 you get where i'm going with this okay so i bring all this up because listen i was watching that press conference and there was a lot of weird shit not bad i'm not gonna say it was bad it's just weird it had me just confused And honestly enough, I mean, the Young Bucks situation actually made me the most confused. Why in the fuck? This is the problem I have with the vice president tag, too, by the way. Let's throw that out there before I explain this part. But if you didn't get a chance to see the conference, they basically did this whole deal, right? Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, right? So the Lucha Bros are, from what I understand... They're with AEW, but not really with AEW. They they have other contracts with other people. It's a weird like, the Lucha Bros. All of a sudden, they're just allowed to work literally anywhere. I would be I, I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up at WrestleMania. I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised. They're everywhere, uh, and and they come out and they basically did a stare down with the Young Bucks and then attacked them on the stage on the podium. So it was like what four feet four feet by four feet, they got lift up super kicks and uh cradle you know a package pile driver and all this other stuff. I said this is <laughs> this is so weird, not just what they were doing, but like well, I not actually know what they were doing, what they were doing I think made it so weird. so Phoenix does a like a fireman's carry he picks him up like an f u type deal right, picks him up, and then just places him back on his feet to super kick him. Which, weird, right? And then uh, Pentagon grabs Matt Jackson and hooks him up, pile driver position, and then does, like, he waits, like, 8 million years, does his taunt, and then hooks him up with a package pile driver. It's like, why, why is this happening at the press conference? It's not even, like, the finish of the fucking press conference, where it's like, boom, you have this big deal here, the, these guys are like not even full-time talents, and yeah, I get it—they just hit the Young Bucks, which is an opposing tag team. But these are the vice presidents of the company; they have higher and fire capabilities here. What the fuck? What kind of sense does it make to have these dudes just attacking people at fucking press conference? Like you didn't even get to double or nothing yet. Like what was the fucking point? I don't know. And then they ended up ending it with a fucking uh, uh, a kerfuffle any fucking way. Which brings me... Actually, let's get right to that, actually. Which brings me to to the ending of that press conference. This is uh, the humble pie part I was telling you guys about. Um, Kenny Omega has made his decision. He is full-time... AEW baby and he is also a vice president we now have four vice presidents how that's going to work who fucking knows I know a lot of people were online I had made a a joke online and said well how many more vice presidents you think are coming like who else is going to be a vice president there were a few people who were like well multiple vice presidents is not an uncommon thing it happens in business all the time yeah that's not how that works no Uh, yes there are vice presidents per se Because the example we gave when they said, well, there's multiple vice presidents in, in, in companies, they just usually tend to have different jobs. We were not told of different jobs. We were told all of them are equal EVPs. They are executive vice presidents. They all share the same title. Do they have different jobs? Perhaps. But they've got the same power, and that's the point. Power corrupts, happens every time. You put the boys in charge, shit usually tends to go downhill, especially on a booking end, okay? Your management, and yet your three, I'm going to go with, well, yeah, we'll include Cody. I mean, we'll include Kenny, so we'll do four. Cody, Kenny, and the Yum Bucks, you're four of the top professional athletes in the world. In the world. So any promoter who had the four of you will put you at the top of the card. So, But you guys are the promoters. So if you put yourself at the top of the card, then you're marks for yourselves. If you put yourself at the bottom, then you're being basically a, a bad, biz- bad businessman because you're not utilizing the best talent you have, which is yourselves uh, to the best of their capability and, doing, and thus doing, uh, not doing, I should say, your best effort to promote your brand. So what do you do? That's why vice president to me, like even if they were vice presidents, I don't know if I would have made that shit public. Keep that shit to yourself, man. Keep it to yourself and do what you got to do behind the scenes and just portray yourself as the characters and see how that goes. So the humble pie actually comes in with Kenny Omega because I came onto this show. I said, yeah, I think he's going to be signing with WWE. I don't see a reason for him to be at AEW. And now that he is with AEW, I stand 100% behind that. There was zero need for him to go to AEW, especially if AEW is already going to be a success. It will be there. You had an opportunity to make a little bit of history here, a little bit of history for yourself, just to get it on the resume, you know? Been there, done that, bucket list type shit. You know, do you think in four or five years the opportunity to go to the WWE is going to be there? Probably not. Does he care? Probably not. I'm just stating you could have had your name on a whole lot more. What I think upsets me about the decision is that you could have had both. That's what I think. I think I think you could have had both. Right? I think you could have had your, your cake needed to. You could have did the WWE deal for about a year or two. Because they were, from what I understand, it was a three-year deal with a six-month opt-out. Right? Obviously, in those six months, they're going to push you to the goddamn moon. Right? They're going to make you like the guy for six months. And as the six months come to an end, they're going to start phasing you out. Blah, 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 blah. That's fine. Let them phase you out. You do about a year or two, right, and then you fucking break out, you come to AEW, which has already got two years now under its belt, they have a a rhythm and how they book things, and how they create shows, and where they do the shows at, I just thought it would have been a smoother transition, him going to AEW screams comfortable, complacent, that's what that screams to me, he wanted to be with his buddies, he wanted to be with his friends, now I know the money, i'm sure the money's going to be good but if the moon if the money is comparable and he stayed just to have the vice president tag on his name then there you go it's a business in the end of the day right you got to make the business the best business decision uh, but if it's comparable and he chose aew then basically yeah it was just to hang out with his friends that's why i think it was so weird you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie about it i don't know if i would have made that decision um but that's not me. It's not, The ball's not in my court. It's in Kenny Omega's court. And that's where he decided to go. So I wish him the best. I, I hope it all works out. I, I'm, I sp- I'm not exactly excited about the fact that he's got Jericho first. I think this could have been a really good opportunity to push the narrative, to push the idea of getting new talent. Kenny's already made, in my opinion, in my book, through my eyes <laughs> he's he's already a made man i think everybody's already pretty excited to uh to to, to see kenny in, in any capacity i think he had a real opportunity to uh to shine some new light maybe down the line i, I guess what they were doing is solidifying the, the the main event spot you know it's a new promotion you want to give the impression of heavy hitters right so you put your two heavy hitters against each other hopefully it branches off into success into other things hopefully so I wish them the best, man. I really do. Kenny Omega goes to AEW. That's my uh, I'm eating that humble pie, man. I was wrong. I was wrong. I didn't think he would do it. I still stand by my decision. So even though I'm wrong, I I'm I I, I, I don't think that I would have done it that way, but it wasn't on me. It's on him. He's the elite athlete, not me. But I, I really do believe there was a play there where he 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 could have he had at least gotten both. Or at least for uh, short for a short time with WWE. Give it give it your best. You know, especially since with AEW right around the corner, man, you could have really raped them for a few bucks. You really could have got them. Yeah, You know, they, they they you see how they're paying their guys to stay. I mean, if you would have went, forget it. Forget it. Ugh. So, so that's that AEW. We're we'll getting ready to sign off here, but before we go. Before we go. Real quick, this is going to be real quick. I actually went longer with uh, the Black History stuff than I thought I was going to go. So, it ended up a little bit of time. But here, here we go, just really quickly. I wanted to do a, a quick thing on a gentleman who does not get nearly enough love. Does not. Does not get nearly enough love. We lost another member of the fraternity here, man. I feel like I do this a lot here on the show. I, I It's unfortunate. Um, but we lost another one here. Speaking of Boricua. Uh, we lost the first ever triple crown champion here, Pedro Morales. Uh, he is the first man to ever win the WWE Championship, the WWE Intercontinental, and the WWE Tag Team Championship. Um, he he basically helped this the WWE out after the San Martino era. And uh, I don't really don't think he gets enough love from people for the accompli- accomplishments that he's had. And you're probably listening to that saying, hey, AJ, this is episode 76. This is literally the first time you're mentioning him. Well, fucker, I am including myself in that guilt. I, I, I did not do enough when he was alive uh, to really celebrate his career either. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of personal memories of him. His era was long before mine. I didn't get a real chance to appreciate him until much later in life as I got older. I want to say late teens, teens. Uh, right, because the Attitude Era never really boasted about him. Once the advent of the internet, like once the internet really became a thing, like I, I want to say, like I was like 18, 19 when I really started learning about Page and Morales. So that was about 2002, 2001 ish, I guess. You know, and then that's when the internet really started kicking up and I got to see this Puerto Rican dude, super ripped, super huge, flying around, doing all this crazy shit. It was amazing. He was an amazing athlete. and I never really got a chance to meet him. and I never will now because he passed away. But uh, for the people that I did work with who knew him, they all said the same thing that they've been saying online. Just an overall cool dude, man. He was an awesome dude and very liked, very respected. And I really feel like if that was the case, if he was that good a guy, that we really dropped the ball on that one. It really should have been more involved in the, in his life. And I wish he would have been more involved with the WWE since he was such a huge contributor. As a matter of fact, WWE did a nice little tribute to him. Uh, it was not tonight, which I thought was weird. They did a graphic for him. They did do a graphic. Uh, but, uh, a few years ago, uh, I don't remember how far back they were doing a little thing on legends along the way. And he was one of the ones selected. So I, um, I'm going to end this episode with a little nod, a tip of the cap to Pedro Morales. And then uh, we will do our traditional here, our traditional 10-bell salute at the end here, end episode. Uh, I don't want to play my son's audio after all that. That would be kind of weird, so I'm not going to do that. But we, we I'm going to go right into what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> what, what you doing, buddy? Okay, yeah. So we're going to go right into the video, and then I'm going to uh, on the video. For you, it's audio. For me, it's video. But we're going to go right into uh, into that and then into the 10 bell salute. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And of course, thank you guys for enjoying. Here's Pedro Morales.
1: For nearly two decades, the squared circle was graced with the presence of the greatest Latino superstar of all time. Pedro Morales, a man of enormous integrity and intense pride. Pedro was always ready for anything. No challenge was too daunting for the short fuse of Pedro Morales. In fact, Pedro was the first superstar to hold the Intercontinental Championship, the Tag Team Championship, and the WWE Championship. Pedro had the rare combination of incredible strength along with great tactical skills. There isn't a move that Pedro Morales didn't use or find a counter for. As a champion, He reached enormous popularity, as well as the adoration of fans everywhere. Pedro was proud to represent Puerto Rico and is still idolized there today. After his wrestling career, Pedro went on to become a color commentator for WWE Spanish programming. If Pedro Morales could be summed up in one word, that word would be respected. As a wrestler and as a man, he earned it.
0: Pedro Morales, probably one of the greatest loved World Wrestling Federation champions of all time because Pedro was genuinely a nice guy. Both inside, well, inside the ring at times he could be a handful, but outside the ring, he was Mr. Politeness, uh, Mr. Etiquette, always well-dressed, always had time for everybody. Pedro signed this, Pedro, could you do that? Pedro, could you make a personal appearance? Always willing to accept what was laid upon him graciously
1: and he honestly wanted to do it. Pedro Morales is a superstar in every sense of the word. The WWE is proud to welcome Pedro Morales into the Hall of Fame.